studio uh, beer show tonight right oh it's thursday night you know what that means patrick it's beer, beer show, show why didn't the beer show come to radio row you, know, you could have turned loose that whole crew except hard to get that many passes i guess uh, huh? well there that was part of it but uh certain members of the beer show did request us uh, having a presence on radio row that was thoroughly denied by the boss <laughs> okay he, he just said no thank you because yeah, you didn't figure they'd let you bring in your own beer. Yeah, huh? you know, the mall might <laughs> frown on something like that. <laughs> that That is true. Uh, uh, Nate Boyer, who uh, was a long snapper uh, briefly for the uh, Seattle Seahawks in a preseason, but he he made the team, uh, or at least got a tryout with him, and he's also a six-year veteran of uh, his, his uh, Green Beret. Uh, Army Green Beret, and he was in Afghanistan and Iraq uh, for extended periods. He's going to be with us about 5:15. So, uh, and then Tim Yotter will come up, and I think he went to the NFLPA uh, press conference today to see what complaints they have about uh, Roger Goodell, which should be extensive. Although uh, they kind of calmed down on the suspensions and the uh, fines in the last few mu- uh, weeks, didn't they? A little I don't, bit. I don't think they were as uh, quite as over the top, but uh, anyway, he'll be with us. Uh, we got uh, we got the uh, Timberwolves playing the Bucks tonight. Got to keep winning at home since they can't win on the road. Uh, the Bucks yeah. new coach. Who's coaching them? Just some guy uh, on the I, staff, I, I right? Yeah, they hi, they just promoted a guy and made him the interim my guy sean sweeney still on the staff uh i believe so yeah uh, they're five and oh since they fired jason kidd really yeah wow yeah what's that about so well well they got some talent they can shoot the three a little better than our boys can yeah middleton Middleton will fire although i did see something uh yesterday that eric bloodsoe could potentially be out tonight for them so that might uh we've had a lot of those breaks a lot of those were yeah a lot of guys a guy named joe prunty as your uh interim head coach prunty okay i think he was jason kidd's top assistant yeah well if he uh you know if he gets to the playoffs in about a fifth seed he'll probably get to stay jason might wear a little thin uh, I guess he was a little uh, a little well, hard on the boys he, once in a while. Yeah, part of it, too, was he had a really good relationship with the owner Yes. when he first got hired there. Because, remember, he was the coach of Brooklyn, and then he left there and got hired by Milwaukee. had a really good relationship with the ownership, and then somehow it just got it soured. Something about, happened where I just where looked at his uh, Wikipedia page, boys. How about this? Uh, he got his coaching. He started out at St. Augustine High School out in California. This is Prunty, right? This is yep, Prunty. this is Prunty. During his time as a high school coach, he had Luke Walton, now the head coach of the Los Angeles Lakers, and former Chicago Cubs pitcher Mark Pryor. Really? Wow. He was one of his players out there. I think there that's must cool. must have been a uh, highfalutin uh, private uh, school out that there. That would be my guess, sir. Yeah, that sounds like it. Uh, uh, Jason Kidd will always be one of my favorites, though. Uh, Sydney Olympics 2000, U.S. Uh, playing Lithuania in the quarters or the semis? Uh, in the uh, might have been the 
It might have been the semis. Might, uh, but it was Lithuania, right? Lithuania had a shot in the air. It wasn't a great shot, mm -hmm. but it was like a 30-footer. And if it goes in, that version of the Dream Team loses. And that was a good team. That had yeah. Garnett and Kidd. Yeah. They had all the boys back there. They had a hell of a club. And Lithuania had a shot in the air. And uh, that was one of the best events I saw at the Sydney Olympics. And it, it missed, and they got they won. And a bunch of and a bunch of the now they they have these what they call the mix zone where you stand behind a fence and they bring players down and they stand there and then you decide which one to talk to or and in this case they were bringing out like three guys at a time and everybody who came out was saying ah we weren't worried you know we weren't worried we 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 knew we were going to beat them. And Jason Kidd came out and said, and I don't know if I asked him or who asked him. There was eight or nine of us talking to him. And I said, what happened if that shot went in? He said, <laughs> well, none of us would have been able to return to America. He said, uh, we'd all have to pick out another country. He said, we'd have to pick out another country to live yeah. in. He said, since we're already down here, I take New Zealand. He says, I'm, I'm going to take New Zealand as my country. And he was the only honest guy that we had got. You know, KG was saying, ah, we had him and everybody. That but. was the same Olympics that Vince Carter dunked on Frederick Weiss. We had the big dunk when he yeah. basically went over Frederick over Weiss's head. Over seven foot four yeah. or whatever he was. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, they were uh, they were in trouble that game, and Lithuania played great, made shots. How is Jason Kidd regarded amongst whether it's fan or peers or anything? Because he's well, he had the domestic thing. That's that, what uh, I was wondering. Yeah. Much, and I know but, that he got into it with certain teammates uh, among. Because uh, I'm remembering, is it Jimmy Jackson or uh, the Ohio State guy that played with him in Dallas for a long time? Jimmy, Jimmy Jackson. Jackson. Jimmy Jackson. Yeah, they yeah. didn't get along, right? So, so I'm. I mean, I know he's a great player. He's you know he's one of the best point guards ever. But I just didn't know how he was regarded. Uh, I think I think he was, uh, you know, he was a hard-nosed guy. He wasn't uh, he wasn't uh, a, a backslapper or anything. He wanted you to he wanted you to show. Up. I think he had a little Jimmy Butler in him, but maybe not as loud. Huh? Sure, sure, yeah. that makes sense. That, that, yeah, that's pretty kind of that kind of that edge. But uh, yeah, great player, no doubt about it. And learn, turn, learned in the, when he came in a league, he couldn't beat me in a game of horse. He, uh, yeah, he, he ended up a becoming a better and, shooter. And, but uh, really he made good Ricky defender. Rubio look like Steph Curry. <laughs> yeah, that would have been about an even match right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All righty, uh, we shall return. And uh, as I said, we're going to talk to uh, Nate Boyer, uh, a uh, former NFLer who also uh, did uh, several tours of duty in Afghanistan and Iraq as a Green Beret. Uh, Nate Boyer must have gotten tired out. He was out. He was over here doing Radio Row earlier today. I do not see the uh, young man, but, uh, you know, I was going to give him a hard time anyway. Uh, certainly he was a Green Beret, mm -hmm. and he fought in Afghanistan, and he fought in Iraq, but he wasn't a Marine. You know, he wasn't. It wasn't tough enough to be a Marine. Uh, you know, we're, uh, we're pro-Leatherneck on this, uh, on this uh, station right here. So uh, yeah, you of all people should be the one giving him some. some that's right, right. Yeah, I, I, I didn't shoot myself in the foot to stay out of Vietnam. That's I had some right. Friends who, I had some friends who did, but uh, wasn't wasn't me. I, I I didn't do that. So I fortunately just stayed out. 
So, gentlemen, uh, we got uh, we had Dan Shaughnessy on. Appreciated his uh, thoughts on Brady. I know. I don't think I would survive if I was a sports columnist who had to go through eight Super Bowls in 17 years <laughs> and you, 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 and win five of them and maybe now six. You just run out of you get so sick of writing the accolades you couldn't stand it, don't you think? Especially, well, especially with a guy like Belichick. I was just going to say treating you like like when he you, treats people. When a when a head coach like him is not going to give you anything, you know. I mean, it, it's uh, it, it's 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 always tough when you're trying to talk to a guy like that. He doesn't give you anything, and then you have to go through that, you know, every year, or every other year. Yeah. Uh, Nate Boyer is actually uh, going to be here, but he's uh, running a little late because somebody else is uh, is uh, talking with him. Yes, that that would be tough, and when you win that often. You also run into an audience that does not want to have a negative word about the operation, right? Yeah. You're, uh, you know, what, 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 what always surprises me is when people say, nobody cares what you say, but they have to call up and complain about, or, or they have to comment, like Shaughnessy gets killed there when he writes uh, when he was writing those Deflate Gate columns, mm-hmm. saying yes he did it he cheated. You know? So he's like what you but, are here, but, maybe to a higher but, degree but, because but it's a bigger the, market. The Globe better, yeah. you know, and so, uh, he's the he's the lead guy at the Globe. You know, he's yeah. the guy. So so I was actually thinking about this when Shaughnessy was on to start the show, and he used the perfect word spoiled because I was sitting here thinking about. <laughs> The 18 to 25-year-old Boston sports fan. Yes. They haven't had dejection. They've had nothing but championships in their entire existence as a sports fan. This, it is absolutely true uh, that uh, In every sport, had, hockey, basketball, they've baseball. Won a cup, they've won a cup and they've won an NBA title. Only one of those each. But they've won, you know, the, well, 2004, you're, you're older kid, 25. 25-year-old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They've won three World... They've had three World Series. There were 100-year-old people walking around who never were... Went 80 who years without yeah, seeing 86 one. 86 years without winning a World See, Series. See, that's why my kids have it great. You know, my six and three... No expectations. No expectations. <laughs> Consistent heartbreak for the rest of their lives, and it's going to be fantastic. Yes, and, uh, you know... You you got to train Will to stay more than two innings though, and things like that. Yeah, you gotta, we're you gotta working get on the, that. Yeah, we're gotta, working on that. You got to get him. Uh, you got to get him going a little bit. Are you kidding? We have we also have to train Reavers on staying for an entire Super Bowl. Yeah, too. We, we've yeah. learned that we've got to got to figure that out too. I'm starting uh, to get a bit impatient in my elder state, <laughs> in my elder age. Okay, okay. This is the radio row. Uh, people come and they go. Could uh, I throw you a curveball here, Reavers? You want to take a break, sir? I want to take a break, Let's but then, then we're going to do an interview with Nate Boyer, and then Perfect. Kenny, then Kenny can come on, and then we'll go to the top. Beautiful, I love that idea. All right, thank you. Nate Boyer is with us here on Radio Row. You've been uh, doing lots of interviews today. Have you gone through anything like this before, sir? I have. Uh, I think this one's the most, though. I, yeah. A lot, lot more than normal today. But, uh, yeah, I've done it before. I, Army-Navy game every year I go out there and okay. I'll do a bunch of that, too. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Oak Ridge. 
Tennessee is That's your right. hometown. And they're not one of my favorite groups, but I don't want to tell you that. So uh, <laughs> I suppose you got to say nice things about the Oakland yeah. boys. Yeah, I mean, I, I was born there. I didn't. Gr- I grew up mostly in the Bay Area, but I, yeah, I was born in born there. My dad was going to uh, veterinary school at University of Tennessee, and. My mom was working at Oak Ridge National Lab, so uh, we're gonna, I'm an Oak Ridge boy myself. We're going to talk about your military background in a minute, but you were a long snapper. One of the great changes in football in the last 10 or 12 years are long snapper camps. And long, you know, it is a position now. Yeah. I did a column this year on the Twins, on the Vikings long snapper got hurt. And this, uh, they signed this kid from Alaska. Who oh, was, wow. uh, and uh, uh, what was that, Hasabah, something like that. But the kid has basically, they, they get tried out like kickers do when right. somebody gets hurt. You know, they fly all over the country. They right. all know each other. So if, a, if one of those guys gets hurt or makes a bad snap, they bring in three guys on Tuesday and decide who they're going to replace it with. Exactly, yeah. It's, uh, I mean, there's only one on each team, you know, that the backup long snapper yes. is you know he's yes. a tight end yes, or a right. end or whatever so but it used to be always like that you know until yeah. until maybe the 90s uh a long snapper long snapping was something another player did it sure, wasn't, it wasn't right. like necessarily a position you know a yeah. lot of times it was just the center yeah or, or, or something like that and the, and what they want out of long snapper is perfection yeah you screw one up you might not be there the next it's, it's, week. It's a thankless job. You could have a thousand perfect ones, and nobody really cares. All right, Nate. I have a uh, son who's a lieutenant colonel in the Marine Corps. Started off as a buck private and worked his way up. Uh, he was in uh, Iraq uh, uh, three different times. Now he was not in combat. He was in the weather service there, setting up facilities and stuff. But uh, uh, how did you decide the military was going to be your career? You know, I. I it was a little after 9-11 I started thinking about it and then it wasn't until I went over to the Darfur in uh, the Sudan and did okay. some relief work over there you know in the midst of this genocide and it it uh, not only was I so appreciative of what we had here and uh, and all that but I wanted to fight for those that can't fight for themselves yes. you know people like that and wanted to be a part of that mission and my last week in country there I actually got malaria and I was listening on the radio to the first battle of Fallujah, the Marines that were yeah, over there, you right. know, and so it was during that time that, you know, I decided when I came back I was going to join the military and, you know, wanted to be a Green Beret because of the, the mission. Uh, we worked so much with indigenous forces, you know. At, at uh, uh, Darfur had to be the worst scene anybody ever had to uh, digest. Yeah, I couldn't believe that, that something like that still existed, and that was in 2004. Yes. You know, I mean, three 300,000 or so uh, just killed for no reason you know just yeah. because it's they, they believe something a little bit different or whatever it's just is unreal to me you know i i understand we got a lot of injustices that occur in our country as well but that was just another level of oppression that just shouldn't happen in our world at all now you don't go knocking on the door and say i'm going to be a green beret uh, that's uh you, you, that's that's got to be tough duty uh, to uh, make it through that uh, training. Yeah, it's very where, hard. Where, where do you go through it? Yeah, most of the training is out at Fort Bragg, which is okay. in uh, yeah, North Carolina. I hope you weren't there in the summer. It was a, well, it's a year and a half long, okay. so you, get every, <laughs> oh, you, you get every season. You're there for the mosquitoes yeah. then. Huh? Yeah, it's out at a little place called Camp McCall that's uh, right next to Fort Bragg. and uh, Most of the training goes on there, but some of it is out in the, you know, in the, in the Carolina woods. Uh, off base you know mm-hmm. it, it's interesting stuff but it's uh yeah you get all seasons out there for sure 
So uh, what? Uh, give me your tours of duty. What uh, were you? Uh, you were in both Iraq and Afghanistan. Yeah, I went to Iraq uh, once, in, uh, and then I went to Afghanistan a couple of times later in my career. Um, it, it's, yeah. it seems from a distance that as complicated as Iraq was, that Afghanistan, uh, the people have been trying to figure out how to deal with Afghanistan for centuries. Uh, I yeah. mean, is it, it's just... It's a different place. It's complicated. I mean, it's just a complicated war in general because just like it's titled, you know, it's a war on terror. So it's not so much, it's not an us against them kind of thing. I mean, we're, you know, fighting alongside Iraqis and Afghans. Yes. Uh, But it's hard to know who your enemy is. uh, And it's a, it's a confusing, it's a confusing war. It's difficult. It's a very difficult war to fight in that way. You know, I'm, I'm grateful that we didn't have the, uh, nearly the loss of life that we had in these other uh, wars that America was involved in, but. It was still it was it was very difficult in that respect. Uh, the Taliban uh, they kind of suppressed them for a while, but now they're making a big comeback. It seems like you, you hear about uh, all they got going for them. I guess is just blowing people up, but uh, the ISIS is kind of reduced to that too now too. Yeah, it's it's uh, I, I'll never understand uh, how someone could believe that um, that 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 their God would want them to just yeah. blow up innocent people <laughs> you yeah. know because they believe something different than them i i just i i i have a trouble with that and and you know i've met a lot of really good muslims you know and mm-hmm. they're, i was they're, gonna they're, say they're, tell they're, me about the people yeah. who just want this to be over. oh so they're ashamed of that that that's aligned with their religion you know what i mean because that's not uh, what it's all about you know to, to most people and uh you know just but there's extremism in every religion sadly you know you have that uh you have that stuff i mean you've got in my opinion, the, the the was it Westboro the Baptist Westboro Baptist yeah, group right, the, the right, protests right. Yeah. at soldiers' funerals because yes, you know and, and like that kind of stuff. Like, that, yeah. Come on, it's, you know, there's just uh, religion such an important thing. You know, faith is such an important thing uh, to me and to a lot of people. Uh, something to you know to believe in and strive for, and, and and you know figuring out why we're here, all that stuff. Uh, but when you take it to a level of uh, just hurting people in the name of it, it's just I don't I, I can't believe that there's any God that would you know, want that to be in their name. Now, uh, you walked on at uh, Texas for football after you were out of the military? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I, I, was, I transitioned into the, the National Guard from okay. active duty. So I, st- I kept serving uh, while I was at Texas, but uh, just in the summertime. You just you wanted know. to be on a team. Were you, were you a trained long snapper when you got no, there? No. You know, I never played football my entire life growing okay. up. Okay. So my first time... Uh, on a football field was when I was 29 when I tried out for the team. My first long snap was when I was 31. Uh, Really? Yeah. Now, how much did you get to snap for the Longhorns? I started for uh, 38 straight games. Really? Yeah. Okay. Any bad ones? Three years. Any bad ones? Uh, You know, I had some that weren't perfect. (laughs) No disasters. Never, 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 never snapped. Never, uh, they were never kicking a field goal to beat Oklahoma, and you threw it over their head. No, thank God. Yeah. No, nothing like that. You know, I had, I had a couple where the punter had to jump. And a couple where the field goal, the holder had to, you know, trap it on the ground. And, you know, that stuff happens. But, hey, I had good good teammates that bailed me out. Well, the uh, the great Mike Morris, one of the original great long snappers, is on our station. And he actually hosts a Friday show. Oh, that's so, great. Uh, you could have talked some serious long snapping with him. <laughs> well, it's not uh, that interesting. Are you, are you stand for the game? I am. Okay, I am staying for good. the game. Yeah, I'm All excited right. for that. I was there last year, too, which was an amazing game, but I was sitting in the poor Atlanta Falcon section. Ooh. So it was just to see 
mid-third quarter, these people just celebrating, you know. And then just the heartbreak after and the tears, I was like, man, don't I, I felt give, so bad. Don't give Brady a chance. Yeah, no. Don't give him a chance. Yeah. It's real simple. Yeah. Beat him. <laughs> it'll be interesting to see what happens, you know. I mean, the, the Eagles' defense is fierce, and they're playing really well right now. So they got that going for them. But, you know, Gronk, Gronk should, should be back, it sounds like. And obviously Tom Brady's at the peak of his career somehow at age 40. He's better than he's ever been, and it's just – it's unbelievable. Hey, Nate, thanks for stopping by, sir. No, thank and you, Nate sir. Boyer, uh, who is uh, – you can uh, look him up on the, uh, on the on the Google there and uh, find out all the details of Nate's uh, very interesting life. Thank you, sir. And we shall be back. Tim Yatter will join us and uh, talk a little uh, Viking hangover and Super Bowl coming up. Timmy Otter covers the Vikings for VikingUpdate.com. All right, jump right into it. What is the excitement taking place today on the future of Teddy Bridgewater with the Vikings? Well, it started this morning when uh, Rick Spielman said that the decision to toll his contract is an NFL decision, not a team decision, which to but, me... But, I, but the decision if... They told his contract? If they told his contract. So so basically what this means is his salary from 2017 would go into two. Uh, that would be the salary that he would make again mm -hmm. in 2018. But if that's the case, then he would not be a free agent. Yes. So here's where this you know, gets. We've known that was out there, but right. now you, you were at the NFLPA press conference. And this is where things get very interesting because – the assumption has always been, when you look at the, the language in the collective bargaining agreement, you think, okay, if a guy is on the pup list, the physically unable to perform at the beginning of the regular season, then his contract can toll. The NFLPA clarified that, and when you go back and you look at the language of the CBA, it says if he is unable to physically perform by week six of the NFL, which is different than actually being mm. on the pup because he has to, by definition, be on the pup for six weeks. So now that sets it up for a big fight between Bridgewater's uh, agents, the NFLPA, versus the NFL and uh, the Vikings in this case. I always suspected it was going to come to this because, yeah. uh, you know, the Vikings uh, – if they can get away with having him have an audition next year, basically for a million bucks, so what? A, you, if you leave it in the hands of the, where, where do you go when you, you? There is an arbitrator out there who would decide this has never been done, right? Well, yeah, and I asked uh, asked Demaris Smith, the the executive director of the NFLPA, is this the first time this has actually ever come up? He wasn't certain. He didn't. Yeah. So basically, I think it is. If he can't recall another case of this happening, um, yeah, this to me is going to get ugly. It's going to involve the NFLPA getting access to the Vikings' medical records. And the other interesting tidbit in this is, if Bridgewater went to his own doctor, an independent doctor yes. that would have cleared him, that will be brought up as well. And now let's remember, we are what 
uh, five weeks away from the start of, of free agency. Mm-hmm. So all of this is going to come down within the next five weeks. Uh, do the Vikings uh, wait till the, the wait till the last minute to have the NFL announce that they're told? When do they have to inform him if they're going to attempt to toll his contract? Another interesting piece is that. DeMaurice Smith and the NFLPA aren't exactly sure when they need to be informed of that, and they're not sure if they're going to be informed by the Vikings or by the NFL. So my guess is, yes, the Vikings, here, here would be a good scenario for the Vikings to, to go through. Hey, Teddy, we have the option to toll your contract. How about we work out a two- or three-year deal before it comes down to us playing hardball on this? So all of that could be done before we, you know, get to get to free agency. It could be done at the NFL scouting combine later this month because that's really when the Vikings start to get into the meat of their contract negotiations. Who is Bridgewater's agent? Uh, I believe that's Tom Condon. Oh, Tom Condon is not known as an easy, uh, no. easy uh, fella to negotiate. He probably will cherish the opportunity to battle this one down yeah. to the end, right? And, and this is why we've gotten so little information from yes. Bridgewater's camp is, you know, some agents will go out there publicly. Others want to keep everything just between the team and themselves. So, yeah, I, I just I envision this to be we probably won't know a lot more for the next three weeks, and then all of a sudden we're going to get a firestorm of back and forth. Isn't well, he Cousins' agent, too? He's, he's, a, he's oh, an agent he's, for a lot of No, like, he's not well. Cousins' agent. He's cousins' he's agent for, is this Bill McCartney's son. Okay. Oh, oh, yeah, but, he, but, yeah. he's, but he's an agent for oh, – there was another, like, high-profile oh, quarterback oh, that a, I – A ton of them. Yeah. Yeah. So – and that, that's the interesting thing when, it, when you get into the inner business of the NFL is that, I mean, you have, you'll have one agent representing two or three even quarterbacks on one team, yeah. and then you look at it and you go, you know, who's, whose best interest is he looking out for? Uh, I would think the only thing that they could do is, uh, without having a war, would maybe give him a one-year deal at eight million or ten million or something, and and then say you're a free agent. Yeah, yeah. but you know, then the find out if he can play or not. The interesting thing there too is how much do they trust his knee to hold up, and if if it's only, yeah, we sort of think he's ready and healthy enough to play, then they got to get another quarterback in there, and Teddy has said already. He thinks he's a starter in 2018, whether it's with the Vikings or somebody else. But I don't think any team that signs him can go in there and say, yeah, we we totally trust that your knee is ready because he hasn't had enough time to prove it. I can't see him, even even though he's been Mr. Nice Guy this whole time, I can't see him showing up if they... uh, if they try to toll his contract. Yeah, I, can't, well, I can't see him showing up to work out. Or, uh, it'll probably be his agent requesting well, that he does not show yeah, up. Yeah, no, so that, no, so that's that what I'm confirm, saying yeah. is the agent will, you know. And while Spielman is trying to pass it off as an NFL decision, <laughs> did he raise it today or was he asked about it when he was talking to you guys? Oh, he was asked about it. I mean, we, yeah. you know, he was tired of talking about quarterbacks. But, mm-hmm. you know, after he made that statement that it's an NFL decision, not a team decision, all the follow-ups after that, he kind of shut down and said, you know, I'm not going to talk about quarterbacks anymore, especially when it came to Bridgewater. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, I think he may have kind of backtracked a little bit and felt like he said too much at that point. But, uh, you know, the whole thing has just become very interesting in the last, say, six, eight hours. And uh, the NFLPA has won 
so few battles oh. with these guys that you know you, I, I, Teddy might be dragged along for the ride, but they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna go uh, to the wall to try to win one, don't you think? Yeah, I mean this. Uh, it's very possible that this could actually end up in an arbitrator's hands and mm-hmm. him having to decide. And that's why and that the is, timing of this is yeah. so interesting because I just don't know that this can all get ironed out before the start of free agency. Especially if they're not going to announce until right before the start of free agency whether <laughs> they're tolling his contract or not. No, and I, they may have the option to wait and yeah. do that. And, you know, if they're going to play hardball, that. You know, if you're just talking strictly strategy and not treating people the way you'd want to be treated, okay, that, that's the way to is go. Is there any chance that the reason I was thinking the reason they didn't dress him for those last two uh, games, the the two playoff games, was that they did, didn't want to get in a situation where they throw him in in the fourth quarter and of a playoff game, and they were so close to having him fully back again. But it, I wonder if this thing has. Uh, anything to do with it if he, I, I mean, think if, he, of, if he gets in a game and wins a playoff game and then you say we're tolling his contract that could have looked very bad yeah i think all of their leverage in this went out the window when he went in the fourth quarter and mop up duty you know yeah. through a couple passes and at that point they're you know they always say oh we we don't put a, a player out on the field if he's not physically ready mm-hmm. despite what they did in week 5 against Chicago with Sam Bradford but you know them putting him out there in the fourth quarter shows that they thought he was medically ready to play at that point it will be interesting to go back and see uh, they'll be going through coach Zimmer's words as at- as as those weeks uh, that he's on the pup list or coming up about, hey, Teddy looks great. He's throwing the ball. He's moving around. But I specifically asked DeMorris Smith if yeah. if they have access to the medical records, and he says, yes, we have access to all the medical records. So now it's going to be, what did the medical staff say at week two? What did they say at week four, week six? All of that's going to come up if this goes to that point. What? Uh, when is the next time the players get a swing at the owners? Still, uh, two, 2020. Still 2020. Yep. What is there, in addition to this controversy, this potentially hugely wonderful story, if you're <laughs> writing for VikingUpdate.com, what are they also upset about the nflpa uh other what other issues did they raise you know this was asked like what are your top three issues and and he said there aren't a top three there aren't a top five it's everything i mean they want a bigger chunk of of the revenues the seven percent they gave back they miss and you know some of the 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 player representatives up there were even talking about we want to have a say in when teams are relocating we want to have a say in the medical treatment we want to have you know so yeah oh man this is this one's going to get real ugly and because one thing that was interesting is that you know smith said hey when when this collective bargaining agreement came up in 2011 that the league had been preparing for that for years and they had 400 million in, in, yes, in their right. war you know the nflpa wasn't ready for that big of a fight mm-hmm. and that's why eventually they had to give in before the game started well, they, and they all yeah they, now they, i think they're ready for a much bigger fight although 
when it comes down to it and you've got guys that have only been in the league for yeah. a year or two, they want to pay. People check. always trying to figure out why the uh, baseball uh, union hangs tough, and they're mad at things now, right now, too. Uh, and the players don't. It's because if you're a decent baseball player, you last seven years. If you're just a decent football player, your last two, you got to get your money. Yeah, I think it's like 3.4 years is the average for a, a NFL career. Well, it's uh, it, it will be. It, boy, the uh, public is going to have a hard time because they love the Vikings. They generally support management on all issues, right? But uh, if they're trying to what they've messed with their guy, Teddy, who they've loved, It'll be interesting to see uh, how that goes. So you don't think there's going to be a Ricky Ricky chant at the stadium instead of Teddy Teddy? <laughs> nah, no, I don't think they will. I don't think they will. So uh, you're uh, you're out here covering the Super Bowl, but you're Viking centric. What uh, what do you what what stories are you writing? Well, here you know the the funny one Any from Vi- anything you can connect to the Vikings. Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I wrote a little bit about Bo Allen, the, the defensive sure, lineman right. for the Eagles, because yeah. he's from Minnetonka. Yeah. Uh, you know, a little bit about Tom Brady's comments about coming back to Minnesota. Uh, you know, I, I you've probably talked about this one, but when he went out fishing with his uncles as yeah, a, as a the, boy, the, uh... gets sick on the chewing tobacco. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I love that one. You know, bitten I by met one of his uncles and. Uh... They uh, they like to uh, still tell stories about little Tommy, yeah. especially getting bit by the dog. Tippy, yeah. by the way, <laughs> was the dog's name, Tippy. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, – I think the Eagles are better, but – uh, How many times do the Patriots beat a team that's better? Well, and I've said that. I mean, you look overall at – if you go position by position – the Patriots win two positions, quarterback and tight end. Yes. But if you add in the coaching – then the Patriots are suddenly the favorite. So, you know, I, I think it's interesting that the line started at five. I think it's four and a half now. Um, you know, I saw something 56% of the public is on the Eagles at the at the line Some of five. Some guy bet so. $10 million on them out in Vegas. Oh, good God, yeah. really? On, on the Eagles, yeah. yeah. And they, only, they still only moved the line a half a point or yeah. something. Mm. So they uh, somehow, they, I think they want... They want Eagles money. I don't know what Vegas is up to. So, so what do most fans, uh, most Minnesota fans, want? Do they want the oh, Eagles because they're sick of the Patriots, or do they want the Patriots because of how Eagles fans treated them? In, in... I think that uh, I don't. I, I think, I think it's kind of mixed. I think they're rooting against both of them, don't you? <laughs> yeah. And they're still crying about. Uh, I think most I, of them are rooting for like a bad game, like a sloppy football game. Tim, I talked <laughs> to you this last week about this, but I, I still am dumbfounded by that effort. Oh, I, I am just I, I I'm more surprised than forty-one donut to me. Well, here's here's kind of the interesting thing. I thought I think everybody expected that the Vikings, with their offensive coordinator search would be probably done at this point, right? Yeah. So they've interviewed four, four offensive coordinators, and now they have a couple more, according to, to Rick Spielman today, that they're going to interview. Guess which one of them is John DiFilippo, who, okay. who the quarterback's coach for the Eagles, who took it to Mike Zimmer's defense, has got to be now, one of those. Now, if, that they, if they elevate you to a, cor- uh, to a coordinator, they have to let you go. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, essentially, it's if it's a promotion. Okay. They have to, you know, they have to let you at least be interviewed for it. So they can name him assistant head coach and keep him or something. Then, right? Uh, 
I don't think that assistant head coach anymore qualifies. Mm-hmm. If Dude, the Vikings yeah. wanted to hire him as a quarterbacks coach, then I think if the Eagles said, "Hey, you're you're a quarterbacks coach and the assistant head coach," that that's good. But if the Vikings want to hire him as an offensive coordinator, I don't think they can just throw a, a does, meaningless does title. Does Philadelphia on. have an offensive coordinator? Yeah, I mean uh, Peterson, Frank, Frank Reich. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah so they're going to keep him. But yeah, well, uh, I thought that they were going to stay in house, but I I don't know. I would say that. Your two favorites right now are probably Kevin Stefanski in-house and maybe John DiFilippo if he knocks their socks off with an interview. Is he a young guy? Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I I think he's like maybe seven years into the league, um, but I don't know exactly what his age is. They're not gonna, we're not uh, Minnesotans. We're very even uh, we're thin-skinned about people not liking our town. Are we going to get sensitive when people are standing in line to get in the dome for uh, two hours on Sunday and it's totally oh, below zero? Yeah. I mean, they're going to kill us. Do you know well, that? They've, they've already been killed. I mean, yeah. that's, look at a national reporter's social media feed, and you know half of them are, are tweeting out the, the temperature this morning when they got yes, up, which was right. zero or yes, negative right, one. Yeah. And, yeah, no, they're, they're going to get killed on the, on the temperature thing. And but. not all of them are enamored with... Uh, with being out here at the Mall of America now, you know I've been at Radio Rose where he, the only thing he could get was a sandwich out of a vending machine, and here you have all these restaurants. Yeah. But uh, we had Dan Shaughnessy on from Boston. He says he feels like Tom Hanks in that movie where he couldn't get out of the airport. You know the the airport terminal. Oh, he, he can't figure his way out of Radio well, Rose. Well, no, they're, they're <laughs> staying out here. And they're they're not going downtown. Yeah, they're but, not, you know. Yeah, well, I I realize things are a little spread out because you've got yeah. most of the media stuff at the Mall of America, but you have plenty of it going on downtown too. When it comes but to you the, got the hotels right here, it's yeah. as convenient as it can get. And, and you've got the light rail. And look, I was at the Super Bowl three years ago in Arizona. Things are spread out there yeah, too. You were right. taking buses all over the place. Yeah, the, that the great thing here is you don't have to take a bus. Yeah, you can go to each team's hotel, right? Yep. Okay, uh, that's a uh, that's gonna be a that's gonna carry you fellas for uh, weeks here. The Teddy controversy. Oh, no yeah. doubt about it. No yeah, doubt. Yeah, we'll have to. Uh, and you know how many times the story will change with the national media? What's gonna happen? Oh. Numerous times. Oh yeah, but I just I love that this came out now, so everybody yeah. can chew on it for yeah. a month and just oh, get right. all bent out of shape. Thanks, Tim. Timmy Otter, VikingUpdate.com. Uh, Check out his stuff and. Uh, Tomorrow, uh, Morris Murphy and I'll be checking in with them.